0: What's happening, everybody? Been a little bit. How are you doing? Hope things have been well. Hope you survived the heat. <sighs> Hope uh, none of this bad weather has been all over the place. Is uh messed with you, but uh, it's been a good little break. Took a little vacation, and then things just been crazy busy. But it, it's good to be back on the horse. Um, I actually tried to record an episode a couple days ago, and it was on my phone. And then somewhere along the lines, I don't know if it's because my phone went to sleep, but the recording stopped. And I went on for almost 10 minutes more. And at that point, I was really frustrated. And I was like, I'm going to come back to this. I'm going to have to circle back around because I'm not dealing with this. But we're back at it. It's good to be back. Lots of crazy stuff has happened you know, 2020 race, um, obviously is continuing, uh, football season has officially kicked off pun intended. Um, and we see a meltdown of another superstar. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it an ego overload or what, um, with Antonio Brown, we see a, um, feels like an early retirement from Andrew Luck, which is sad, unfortunate and sad, but, I'm glad he's doing what he feels best and uh, can't say like it's surprising, but at the same time on a very last four years, I mean, to me, Andrew Luck has just been, he's always had an injury. He's always had something going on and I'm just like, this man just can't get right. And so I've never, you know, in in terms of fantasy or anything, I've never even touched him, but like in one of my leagues, a, a guy drafted Andrew Luck and then three days later he retired. And I was just like, oh, do we need to redraft? And then Lamar Miller tore his ACL in that last preseason game. And someone else had drafted him. And I was just like, man, that's tough. But uh, good to be back. I mean, first thing I kind of want to talk about is just uh, Antonio Brown and this nonsense. Like, what in the world – To me, to me, that's just a that's a clear cut case of play someone getting too big for their britches. Meaning, you think you're bigger than you are. Now, don't get me wrong, dude's a superstar, dude's a stud. But what happens is, is when that happens, it's this. Then a lot of people, get, you know, they get this sense of entitlement and this sense of untouchability which I mean I don't really blame these guys for that a whole lot and a lot of these guys because literally that's been their entire life um growing up is you know if you go back to Wee and then high school and then shoot even college these guys were it they were the thing and uh and I mean, if you think about, I always think about this story. It was a Vanderbilt, I believe it was a basketball player, but just just looking at D1 athletes in general and how you know if you're if you're an elite athlete, you get treated in like a almost a God status in some aspects, which is kind of scary because I try and put myself in that position and I'm just like, I can't even I can't even imagine how I would stay grounded. Like I'm like I would be off the walls probably. And specifically, what I was thinking about is, it was a Vanderbilt basketball player, um, and there was a there was a piece done on him, on you know D1 athlete. And you think about it, Vanderbilt basketball, not the biggest program in the world. But, even so, this dude described how, not just once or twice, on multiple occasions, going back to his dorm room, there would be several women waiting. Outside of his dorm room, and he would walk up, and he would go, "Okay, he he would look he would, he would look him over like he's standing at the vending machine, and you're trying to decide between Doritos and Snickers or Reese's." And he would go, "Uh, all right, Snickers and you, or if he's going crazy, you you." And then she would go into his room, and you know, you can probably figure out the rest from there. And that was just normal, I guess. Like I don't and everyone was just okay with that because he's a you know, it's it's that draw that appeal to that star status of being affiliated with anything that's kind of that you know that's important or a big deal or notable, you know, and I just don't know, you know, that's you want to talk about a real challenge and staying staying humble and grounded and you know just keeping yourself keeping yourself from getting off the chain when you start dyeing your mustache blonde if you don't know Antonio Brown did that at one point and it was quite scary but kind of got a little off track there but i mean i can i think i think as a professional athlete one of the things that's or an, I'll say an elite athlete at that level, at least, a huge, huge factor in being long-term successful. Which I mean, he's been successful for long-term, but at this point, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to end up on a team. I'm gonna. I, he may do. He may on Bellus, but unwillingly skip the season. You know, instead of willingly sitting out and that's kind of crazy but at the same time when i look at all the nonsense that he's done calling out their gm and organization by posting his his letter talking about his fines that he's received for um breaking the rules and missing mandatory practices and camps and things and was he sp- what you going to do about it come at me who are you and i love love um what's his name i'm going to look up Uh, something Matlock or Maylock, the Raiders GM response where they they say where he just yelled at him and was just like, no, I don't know who you think you are, but suspended. And you may not play. (laughs) And it's freaking awesome. Uh, Let's see. There we go. But (laughs) <laughs> Mike here we go Mike Mayock yeah <laughs> I'll make it short and sweet the, this is the GM said Antonio Brown is not in the building today won't be practicing I don't have any more information for you right now when I have something becomes appropriate you guys will all get it but that's it for today that's incredible <laughs> wow Just insane. <laughs> and I want to feel bad for the Raiders because with his level of talent, even though there was all the drama in Pittsburgh, you know, maybe they're thinking, hey, we it's just he's gotten fed up with that situation. We can get him in a better situation and this will all work out. And unfortunately, that's not been the case because he is, he is, he made a three week, like a two and a half week, three week debacle over his stupid helmet. He wanted to wear an old helmet. I'm like, dude, you need to get over to that point because really what you're doing is you're only hurting your head. I don't know what information he's getting from where. I checked out, it's very accurate. But oh, yeah, my, uh, it's my helmet. I don't, it's my same helmet for nine years. And, Maybe you know it's superstitious, and athletes are kind of like that, where it's like he wants to use his same helmet. That's what he's done well with. But at some point, it's like, dude, they've they've gotten new, way better helmets. They're they're approved, they have to go through the stringent process because all the CTE nonsense. Your helmet doesn't pass that, especially not you know, a nine year old used one, much less a nine year old new one. And so it's just ridiculous. And then he missed stuff and so now he's yelling at the GM and I'm just like, dude, on one hand, it sucks to see this, especially for the guy who tra- who drafted Antonio Brown in my other fantasy league, and then tried to trade him to me. And I was like, What are you insane? Don't give me that nonsense. And uh but on the other hand, I think this is good to see because I think there's been an up there's been a trend in the last I don't know, I'll don't. say decade or so in, in this and, and basketball where it's um, where the players have gotten a lot more power, a lot more say um, they're not, you know, completely and totally at the mercy of teams and contracts. And, you know, you see guys getting paid more and, and that's good. And that's good. I'm for that. I'm for, you know, a better balance between, between the players and the, uh, the league and the organization and uh, a power, you know, just having that power balance a little bit more evened out. But I think this was a good, good case of a lot of times you'll see teams kind of be afraid, you know, at losing a player because you know, they're you know, you start, how many holdouts do we have this season for contracts, which I think is not bad at all. And they're trying to secure money, but you know, and, and, take care of themselves, you know, but I definitely think that there's been some cases and I can't think of anything off the top of my head where it's like, I wish the team would just kind of, the team kind of would just, bu- um, would just buck up a little bit and say, Hey, you want to hold out? That's fine. You know, you'll be out the whole. I guess, you know, Pittsburgh kind of did that with Le'Veon. on <sighs> But I don't know. There's, there's part of me that I like to see when people get out of hand, they get checked properly. And I think that's happening with this situation. So good luck to all you guys who drafted Antonio Brown. Um, <laughs> hope it goes well. But in, uh, let's see, another news kind of switching gears out of the sports realm. Something that, struck me the other day i guess if you want to say struck me or came across you know is i've been kind of i've just been looking at you know political discourse especially as it relates between you know right versus left Republican and democrat um and just overall politics in this country and i i just really hate where it's at and i i think there are people who still do it right and that's It's a glimmer of hope that all is not lost, but, uh, but they're definitely a strong minority. And I just kind of want to make a case and an appeal to a little bit of reasonability and reasonability in the sense of just because someone thinks like, just because someone maybe thinks on the other side of, uh, of, of, in, in a general sense, other side from you, Um, Think a different thought process um, doesn't make them evil necessarily. And I don't like how it's a constant, um, what I would call misalignment with radical ideals. So whereas you say someone who maybe supports Trump is automatically a racist and a bigot because there's there's a multitude of reasons for supporting Trump. And multiple, multi, I think there is definitely levels to which way you could potentially, you know, support that. And so, just generalizing in broad strokes. I mean, when is that ever a good thing? When is it ever a good thing to generalize? You know, remember the 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 rise up against stereotypes a few years ago, where people really like stereotypes are always a thing, and people are always kind of annoyed by them. But it really felt like it kicked up, and people really took took serious uh, stereotyping. Which are broad generalizations based on whatever, you know, whatever attributes. And it, it's sort of the same thing, but to a to a higher degree. Like really the best way to sum it up is it's an assumptive hyperbolic political culture. Meaning you have you have two sides, and I think both sides equally do this, but um I think I think it is skewed uh, equally. Did I say equally? I think both sides do this, but I think it's a little bit skewed more one way than the other. And um you know, I think but all in all, I think we have to we have to tone it back from this hyperbolic talk of you disagree with me, you are bigot or or a, a case I heard yesterday was you disagree with me and you so uh, oh, oh! Don't have a con- don't try and have a reasonable conversation with that person because they worked for the NRA. And this was obviously on gun control, and it was somebody who was talking about like, hey, we need bipartisan. Like, I don't have the answer, but we need to come together and figure out some answers. And then, as you all know, probably Dana Lash was, who former spokesperson for the NRA, you know, talked about. Okay, well, there's a lapse in reporting. Uh, reporting. Uh, criminal records that would affect background checks for the, um, oh crap, what is it called? Whatever, the the database, that the, the federal database. So we've seen, and and that's actually caused a couple of mass shooters to get their weapons was because they passed the background check. But what we found out was local... Authorities didn't report all the way up the chain to the federal and send that info to the database, so it didn't register anything. There were no flags that came up on the background check because stuff was not reported through all the way through the system as it should be. So, not necessarily a fault in the system itself, but rather in those people who are trying who need who have to uphold the system. And then, um, what was the other thing? Crap. Ah, there was one more point, but it was like it, you know, relatively small stuff. Was like, hey, we need to do better at reporting. And then we need to do better at this. And then someone chimed in and was just like, don't even try and have a conversation with this this sh- shill. You know, she worked for the NRA and she's and it completely demonized her. And it was here's the here's the worst part. It was a totally like rational, good conversation. I think a step in, in, in the right direction. And then people come in and say, no, you can't, you can't, you can't even talk to them. And it's like, all right, so how am I ever going to get anything done? First of all, I mean, disagreement equals you're evil. And then, so when I try and have a, but then also when I try and have a conversation, why would I even try and have a conversation? I'm, I am now complicit in evil in their evil doings, in quotations, and um, their in their evil ways, by talking to them and trying to, you know, find some common ground, be civil, and hopefully work towards a common goal, which is a better, safer world. It's what we all want, and I think that's where we need to start. Is saying, look, we need to quit putting evil on tensions intentions on people. I'm so worn out of seeing – first of all, I'm so worn out of seeing non-news. Like I'm going to put it this way. I mean, non-news is I'll, – actually, I'll get to that in a second. I'm so worn out on on hearing, you know, white supremacy. You know why white supremacy I – mean, I say this in a quotation – is making a resurgence? Because everyone is being labeled a white supremacist. So then – The appearance of, man, look at all these white supremacists. Are they really white supremacists when you really look at it and look at the definition? No. Are they being classified that because they fall under an ideology that white supremacists claim, even though they really don't align with its actual values because they're delusional? Yes. I think. That was a really long question. Full disclosure. I don't know if that was a no or yes on the end of that. Because the first one was no. <clears throat> I think this one was no, because I think I said, Are they? Ugh. Don't hold me to my word on that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I got very so deep into that question, I forgot where I started and whether that should be a yes or no. Oh, that sucks. But, anyways, you know, in short, and and I'm just I'm just tired of that sort of thing because it's just like at what point I just want to be able to sit down and have a conversation with someone who I don't agree with because I think disagreement can be healthy. And, and, and instead all we get is, you know, we start making up these, these alliteration type name, Moscow Mitch, massacre Mitch. And it's just like, Whoa, I, I think we need to step back for a second and realize the weight of our words because once again, these hyperbolic terms are being thrown around, which is hilarious too, because people give Trump crap for being a superlative machine, which first of all, and this will actually segue me, which he is, you know, everything is always the greatest, the best, most incredible people loved it. You know, women and children were crying, men were whatever, you know, cause it was so incredible and, and, and. So he ends up saying a lot of idiotic stuff. Like the man says some stupid stuff. But being 3 years deep, can we all just agree that gosh, that is that is just a pitfall that is going to happen but is not the end of the world. It doesn't mean he's a total and complete doofus which uh, you know, in in the sense of where he's done nothing good and there's been no possible good thing and and you know that also partially just goes to people just hate trump and so anything he does is bad even though there's been plenty of rhetoric that and things that he've said he has said that you know are have been said by all pre you know the last like five previous presidents obama included um, and it's just not so i mean kind of segueing there and go back to that non news point and that's Another thing I'm just sick of is Trump is in the news every single day about something ridiculous and somebody who actually just, I want to stay informed and plugged in. I don't care about Trump making idiotic statements about the fact that he's never seen a cat five or heard of a cat five hurricane. You know, here's the crazy thing. He may be telling the truth in terms of his perspective. If you think about it, right? If you think this man is a selfish guy, he only cares about his own stuff, then why would he have cared about any of the Cat Five hurricanes that have come through? And now I realize there's been a few while he's president. So, gosh, that so then at that point, it comes back to the superlative factor that we all know. Like, don't, and if you try and act like you don't know, get out. Everybody knows this by now. Common knowledge the dude talks in superlatives, and that he and that's just another case of that. And the fact that I'm sitting here wasting several minutes having to explain back that's that's just another factor that I'm sick of. Yes, I I follow a conservative mindset, however, I like to think I'm reasonable in the sense of you know what I try and do, I listen to the other side, I follow and listen and watch. Um watch things that are politically left or on the democratic side, because I, even though I don't always enjoy it and I disagree with what they're saying, I want to learn what they're saying. I want to know what they're saying and try as best I can to empathize. And you know what? I don't think they have bad intentions. Some people do. Some people are like cancel culture. I want to destroy you. The other side is evil. And those people intentions, not really good, or they're just, and partially they're just so far down the rabbit hole that that's what the ideology calls for. But for the most part, everybody's trying to do the same thing. They're trying they're trying to maintain the status quo. They're trying to keep things where they are and then, and then improve where we can and make this world a better place. I think we all can agree in that sense at least that maybe we can figure out like, look, you're not going to get maybe the exact scenario you want but surely you can find some middle and common ground where it's you get some things you want. What is this? Oh, compromise. What if we look back on history? Oh, wow, our country was built on compromises because guess what? All the founding fathers didn't agree on everything and there were some who were even abolitionists and 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 had the kind of foresight and vision to understand that this was that was that slavery was not a problem to be solved right then and there, but hopefully through establishing a country found found on these certain um, what I would call uh, innate you know principles and rights that they they, they found to be God given that one day that would that would spark a change in our society and culture that could solve huge they could solve problems of say slavery and different things and and civil rights. And oh, wow, guess what happened? We kind of led the charge on that by and large because slavery was a global thing and actually still happening in certain places, but different story of a different day. Um, got off a little rabbit trail there. But you know, my point, my point being is, look, they all didn't exactly agree. They all didn't exactly get their way, but they found the best good that they could. And I think that's so important is, look, we're not going to get perfection we need to step back not be so hyperbolic extend a little bit of trust to people who think differently than us at least in the sense of hey i trust that you're not not intentionally trying to you know promote bad policy or or bad ideas and this isn't the way you should say it because it's not going to go well for you if you talk to someone like this i know you're trying not to promote any sort of evil things, you know, you're, you're trying to pursue a better world. And I think, I think the intentions here are good, but I think we also need to, you know, let's sit down and talk, talk this through because my ideas are a little bit different, but I think there's some middle, middle ground that can work and we can get to, and that's what we need to be able to have. Extend that courtesy to those around you and those you disagree with. And just, just don't just don't sit there and say oh you're gonna vote for Trump or you support Trump which hey guess what y'all as of 2020 which I didn't vote for him in 2016 if you have to know 2020 he's my guy right now mainly because and hear me out here now I'm not die hard it's kind of a begrudging thing I don't necessarily I don't like him as a person I don't think morally he's a good person really at all. Now that's a grander, a bigger conversation where I don't think morally a ton of politicians aren't that great morally, you know, politics is a messy game where it's, you put on a face, but you do a lot of backdoor deals and you, there's a lot of stuff that's swept under the rug, you know, in a general sense. And I think, I think the difference here is that man is just, you know, it's everyone, everyone's kind of made of mud if you will, but they're dressed up in nice suits. And so they look clean and he's just a mud monster in a mud suit, and so he, he there's It's fully transparent, which on some level you just appreciate because it's like, well, at least he's up front about his BS in some ways. Like he's up front about the crap. But here, here's here's my deal with that. I am I'm literally out of this democratic army that is everybody trying to run for president. It. I'm looking for somebody, some kind of reasonableness. And there's a few people, but they're all the very, very minor candidates, you know, like the mayor of Montana or Tulsi Gabbard or something like that. To, to, to come and not be totally crazy and really support policy that essentially points to like open borders and and gun buybacks and things like that that I think are idiotic and not good for the country at large. Um, and also don't really make a ton of sense for the presidency, and well, some of those, the borders one, you can have a little bit of saying, but all in all, are actually acts of Congress, and so there's this misconstrued view that I'm the president, I'm the king, and it's not necessarily the case. You need to win. You need to win the the Senate and the House seats back. Um, well, you have the House, but the Senate. You know, is I'm open to voting for somebody who's. Gosh, just a little bit more appealing in terms of their their PR side of things, and I'm I'm totally open to that and willing to willing to see it, and would vote for somebody on that side. But you know what? I've seen really none of that, or the ones that I have seen, they won't end up making it into the later rounds of the primaries, and then and then be their, um, uh, their their you know the final candidate. All the crazy ones are at the top, and I'm just like, I can't get behind that at all. Your ideas, I absolutely disagree with. And I'm not saying I agree with everything that Trump, I def, you know, Trump's policies, which he's the guy, he talks in superlatives, but then when he actually, a lot of times when he actually comes out and does stuff, certain stuff is, you know, not as superlative, it's not to the ends of which he sells it because he's a superlative machine. So we can get over the fact he's a superlative machine. We can have this, we can get rid of this non-news where it's, he's, oh my goodness, he said this. Could we stop acting surprised? How about you just say, and he's an idiot once again, because, but he's a superlative machine. So anyways, let's talk about the actual substance. And and I guess that that's just really kind of my appeal here is to not, is is just to, look y'all. Just try and have a conversation, trying at least an ear and some sort of civility so we can bring our, bring our politics out of this crazy, hyperbolic, polarized state. And I will try and do my best. But anyways, that wraps it up. That wraps it up for today. I've got to get going, got stuff to do, places to be. So y'all have a good one. Until next time.